From Centered, welcome to the Take Root Podcast, where our purpose is to share testimonies that encourage you to deepen your roots of faith. Join host Karen Johnson to hear stories of those who have experienced God directing their own lives to a deeper, engaged faith. Hey friends, today I have the privilege once again, and his name is Steve Atkinson. He's the director of the Bible Project and was formerly a senior vice president at Generous Giving. This man has a heart of gold and a passion for sharing the love of Jesus. And I know you're going to be encouraged as you listen to his story. So, hey, Steve, welcome. Hi, Karen. Good to see you today. Good to see you. It's been too long. <laughs> I know. I always wish everybody could like see the faces of, and the wonderful smiles of the people I get to talk to here. I was thinking the other day, I think that we first met when we were um, raising money to open a Young Life camp in Central Oregon, which is now known as the Washington Family Ranch. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say I knew immediately that I loved your heart, a heart for kids and families and Jesus. You came in and led that development team in such a genuine and relaxed way that you made it seem effortless. And I believe you continue to lead in that way. And and we talk a lot about leading like Jesus. And um, I think you're someone who really models that. So tell, mm. tell us about you. We want to hear your story and, and maybe start with um, how, how you came to faith. Sure. Um, thanks. It's, it's an honor to get to share my story. So thank you. <laughs> I came to faith, I would say initially just being raised in a family of faith. I'm one of five kids mm. and I grew up where going to church was just something that we did. And, and so I don't know any different. It's, and we were there if the church doors were open. And, <laughs> um, growing up, I, I didn't know any different. And I just assumed that this is what everybody believed. And so I think, you know, I was intellectually had this faith in my head growing up in the church, but it really was through the ministry of Young Life that I feel like I was introduced to Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I don't want to say it in a way where anything in, in my past in the history of being raised in the church was negative. It was mm -hmm. just how I experienced it. It was more of really like a religion, like this yeah. is yeah. what we practice. And, and that shifted dramatically through the ministry of Young Life, where a group of caring adults introduced me to Jesus. And it was so much more of a relationship. And you could actually laugh and have fun because yeah. it felt like the strict <laughs> Baptist upbringing I had was that the humor really wasn't a part of that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think, too, the thing that, that really shaped my faith was the hospitality aspect of of young life that there's something so gospel-like of that hospitality you're welcome and everything is done in such a way where the meals around the table and the sheets on the bed and and you experience um i think that that sense of life of uh, it's it's like a a taste of heaven on earth and it's like this is the way that that it's supposed to be and so that really had a significant impact on my life. But oftentimes when I hear people talk about their faith journey, it feels like it's this gradual, you know, uh, incline from the left to the right. And I feel like mine is much more seismic if I look at it. <laughs> and, and because I feel like it, it's like, you know, remember in Young Life, we talk about that we would encourage kids to give everything they know of themselves 
to everything that they know of God. And if you wait until you have all the answers, you'll never right. do anything. And, and I feel yeah. like that's, God just continues to reveal more of himself and mm. more of who I am yeah. to me. And so yeah. it's this constant bit of surrender. And so I would say that was a defining moment in my faith journey. Mm. I would then fast forward to, um, after having about 15 years in business, mm. uh, in the marketplace, and, and making more financially than I ever thought it would make. And I don't want to lead anyone straight to think I was making millions, but my degrees in education and I was going to be a public school teacher. So I had a really uh-huh. low bar. So it was easy. It was always easy to make more than I ever dreamed of. But I was, I think, by the world standards, very successful um, and in the sense that we had a very comfortable life. We had really no financial needs and and married and at that time two kids and I remember sitting down getting ready for this neighborhood bible study and I was reading the beatitudes and where you know blessed is this and blessed is that and I'm like I don't know if I would consider those things blessed Hmm. and I remember having this pause thinking okay if I'm really honest what what else do I not believe in the bible or what else do I not get and I thought okay story of the prodigal I don't get that because why did the elder brother, why did he, I mean, he worked hard. He kept his nose clean and yeah, he yeah. gets nothing. And, and the, the story of the good shepherd that would leave the 99 to go yeah. after the one, I'm like, no, I think that's acceptable loss. And I would stay with the 99 and, <laughs> and these things that just didn't make sense that I knew the stories, mm-hmm. but I didn't know the father. And that's what was so convicting. So the last one I come to in my head while I'm thinking, what don't I agree with Hmm. is that take my yoke upon you. Burden is easy and my load is light. And I think, okay, my walk with Jesus is the hardest thing in my life. This idea of being a faithful follower just is like this. How would you describe this as a light burden? It's like, this is hard. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking, okay, either this is all made up Hmm. or I'm not thinking about it. Right. Hmm. And and I went with the section option because my life had been based on this. So it can't all be wrong, but what, Yeah, yeah. so how am I missing it? And um, I remember sitting, it's in the same house. We've lived in the same house for almost 28, 30 years, something. And I'm sitting in this chair and I just sit and think for a second. And, and I tend to, I often think in pictures and I think if God's this all consuming fire, I would describe my life up until that point is somebody that likes standing right next to the fire because it was so warm. And I loved the people that were standing around the fire, Uh but if following him meant stepping in, that Uh scared me to death. And I didn't want to lose what I had because I had this great job, a wonderful family, a great career, wonderful friends. I loved where we lived. I loved my life that I didn't want to. and, And so that scared me. The other one is I said, I think in pictures, and if I thought if following Jesus and surrendering and giving my life and saying, you know, I'm all in would, would mean like jumping into a river. Um, that scared me to death because yeah. I didn't know what was around the next bend. Now I knew where the ev- a river would eventually end up. Uh-huh. And I believed that, but I didn't believe God for what was around the next bend. And so yeah. I feel like because of my upbringing and what I believed intellectually, I felt like I had one foot in the river and one foot on the bank where I kind of wanted to be in the world, but I kind of wanted to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever spent any time in a river, that is the absolute worst place to be 
because one's moving, one yeah. isn't. <laughs> one isn't. So I just, it was like this Shazam moment. And it was like, oh, maybe that's why this is so hard. Those and are good word pictures. Those well, are... the idea of taking the yoke upon you is yeah. either get on the bank or yeah. get in the river. Yeah. And um, I got down on my knees and, and mm -hmm. I remember because we have hardwood floors and I thought, this is mm -hmm. uncomfortable. But I remember just at that moment saying, okay, I'm, I'm stepping in the fire. I'm jumping in the oh. river because I can't, it's like this, my soul is being ripped apart because this isn't, and it was, it wasn't like the angels started singing or anything, <laughs> but there was this overwhelming <laughs> sense of peace yeah. about oh. this inner restlessness that I had had. Oh. I had been in business for about 15 years at that point. And mm. I remember often taking walks with my wife and saying, this can't be what God created me to do. Hmm. I mean, I enjoy business. I'm having some relative success, but is this what I was created for? And, yeah. and I feel like that restlessness wasn't about my vocation. Hmm. It was about my soul was being torn because yeah. I was trying to live in two worlds rather than following him. And, and so that I would say, while there weren't these angels, there was this overwhelming sense of peace. Wow. Wow. And, how how and, old were so, the girls at this point? Uh, I want to say grade school. So, um, okay. you know, Haley probably would have been like, uh, you know, third or fourth and Amy would have been kindergarten or first okay. grade, something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. And how did, how did Nancy respond when you ha had this? Um, I mean, she's very, very, uh, I mean, just very encouraging because she'd been on the journey with me for so yeah, long. And, yeah. and I would talk about all, you know, with, with a, a close friend of mine, I would talk with her about just this sense. She's a friend of both Nancy and I, Kathy uh -huh. Otteson. And uh -huh. I, I would talk with Kathy about just the restlessness. And she said, be faithful to the restlessness. And I'm looking at her like, I'm trying to solve it. Don't, what do you mean be faithful to it? And she goes, well, God's doing something in your heart. Oh, yeah. And so Nancy was sympathetic and understood. It's like, oh, I mean, that's great. And, and I think Nancy's upbringing was so different. I mean, wasn't raised uh, in the same type of environment. She met, met Jesus in high school through young life. Um, but, but it was different. So some of that baggage I think that I was carrying was was really different interesting um, yeah and so yeah. that idea of identifying with the elder son that yeah. isn't who she would identify she's so much more <laughs> of a younger son I mean she's an Enneagram seven and is just uh -huh. in constant uh -huh. hunt for a party and so because we're <laughs> wired so different it, she was very encouraging and supportive uh -huh. but I don't think it was like oh yes I know exactly what you're talking about. Kind yeah, of so, yeah. If that makes wow. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you had this business for 15 years, and then this this time with the Lord, where He drew you into the river, and uh, so so what? You've done really interesting things since that time. Um, what what has this journey of calling been like for you um, uh, so, along the way? Yeah. So I I was in the paper industry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's when I got the call and somebody asked if I would be interested in doing this um, development work with Young Life. And mm -hmm. we thought it would be, it was at that time, a three-year commitment, thought it was okay. something that we would do for a period of time and then go mm -hmm. back into business. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think, you know, when you ask about, okay, the different things that we've done, everything that I've been involved in has been getting me prepared for the next thing that God mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. have in the next season. Yeah. Um, and, and I, when I was, and, and I would even say back when I was in the paper industry, um, 
I never was really one that would plot a career path. Mm -hmm. I always, mm -hmm. I was raised and, and mentored by somebody, you know, Bob Farrell, who oh, yeah. poured into me yeah. as, as uh, you know, I met him when I was 17 and became hmm. one of my closest friends, if not my closest friend and single biggest influence of any adult outside of my parents on my life hmm. uh, is wow. Bob. And Bob just always encouraged me to do the best at what you're currently doing hmm. and your career takes care of itself hmm. that when you're focused on your career it's really kind of being self-centered hmm. but when you're really pouring yourself into what it is that you're tasked with doing right now all the opportunity takes care of itself and yeah. so we did the young life thing and um and that was kind of a burning the boats moment for us where we walked away from a comfortable corporate career and, yeah. and at the time felt like a sacrifice but now I feel like oh my goodness what a, an incredible adventure and so mm -hmm. did that um, and feel like it was the time that I spent in the marketplace that really prepared me to do the development work and and again yeah. I would credit Bob's influence on my life because hmm. as a young man Bob asked me the question why does somebody go into business and I said to make money and he said <laughs> wrong and he put his finger in my chest and he said, making money is the result of being in business, never the reason to be in business. Yeah. And then he quoted Giannini who said, the only legitimate business is to serve the needs of others. And as you serve, so shall you prosper. And Giannini wow. was the guy that started Little Bank of Italy, which became Bank of America. And, wow. and that is a truth that transcends because- That is a great quote. Would you say it one more time? Yeah. Um, he quoted Giannini who said, the only legitimate business is to serve the needs of others. And as you serve, so shall you prosper. Wow. And it's not that different than a Dallas Willard quote I heard recently. And I think it's the same idea where mm -hmm. Dallas says, business is a primary arrangement on God's part for people to love one another and serve one another. Mm -hmm. And it's wow. those same ideas. And so I feel like it was the time in life in the marketplace when Bob was shaping me on what it means to, to use business as this platform really to love and serve people and don't worry about what's next. And so I think the same yeah. thing applied to the development work. Yeah. Development huh. work isn't about a transaction of getting money from someone. It's about using the platform you have to see their lives developed. It's yeah. not using them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to develop mm -hmm. the property. And so mm -hmm. that, that just led to my introduction to the folks at Generous Giving. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I feel like it was my time at Young Life that really set the stage to do the work with generous giving and then to meet some amazing people mm -hmm. i had the opportunity to serve as the president of a friend's family foundation and, mm. and i feel like so it's this it's the words it goes back to the words of my wife nancy when i was in business and feeling this sense of frustration and i said i feel like i'm wasting my life mm. and she said i think god is just getting you ready for the next thing oh, and so wise, once again wife. She is. Yeah. I'm just hoping I could catch up someday. And and so it's that whole idea of at the end of the day, it's do we trust God or not? Yeah. And yep. it's do I trust God that and and so I feel like when you say, you know, man, you've had some interesting jobs, and I do feel most blessed. Mm -hmm. Times I feel a little bit like Forrest Gump in the different situations <laughs> I've been in, but to do the young life thing and then the foundation yeah. work and the generous yeah. giving work. Yeah. And then I feel like all of those combined have brought me to this place where I get to now serve as the executive director at the Bible Project, which Yeah, that's so is, exciting. Yeah. So yeah, so tell exciting. us tell us about that. Tell us about um how that came to be and uh, for those that don't know about the Bible Project. Yeah, uh Bible Project um 
we exist to help people experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. And we mm -hmm. do that through creating these animated videos that live on YouTube and mm -hmm. on the YouVersion Bible app. And uh, mm -hmm. we have a podcast and other resources, but that's really at the end of the day, what we are all about. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and again, our mission is to help people experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. For us internally, there's a so that, and mm -hmm. it's really that so that his people can be transformed and lead to shalom in the world. Wow. That that it's through that it's through. And and what resonated so much for me is I feel like I grew up with the Bible as, is it was one of those books you had to read and or it became <laughs> kind of like the devotional thing where you know the right, spiritual right. grab bag. And, yeah, um, yeah. And it it really has become this story. And um, it's it's you know Sally Lloyd Jones. Uh, Jesus Storybook Bible had a huge impact on my life just because that idea that every story does whisper his name. And yes. I think Tim is just building on that idea in his 14 years of study to, to just help bring it, this story alive. And you do see how there's this thread line that just points to Jesus. Yeah, and it starts yeah. in Genesis and goes all the way through to Revelation. So um, just a real quick one on that. I uh, met John Collins, one of the co-founders. Uh, mm -hmm at a generous giving conference, um, that biblical message of generosity had a big impact on both of our lives. Um, John and I became friends. Mm -hmm. That was in 2012 and 2013, he went to the, another conference and we met shortly after that for a cup of coffee at Pete's. And he said, hey, let me show you 90 seconds of the first video we're working on. Hmm. And he showed it to me and I was floored. I said, yeah. uh, I said I'm in John, what are we gonna do? And he said, <laughs> I want to make these for every book of the Bible and put them on YouTube and give them away for free. Wow. And I said, oh my goodness, now I'm really in. And, <laughs> um, and so I uh, became just, uh, you know, a champion and a fan. And, mm -hmm. you know, John introduced me to this whole idea of crowdfunding, um, mm -hmm. which is something that my generation wasn't necessarily <laughs> aware of. I thought you had to go out and raise money for everything. And, yeah, yeah. And while there were a few families that threw in some money to begin with to kind of to, to get the mm -hmm. flywheel going. Mm -hmm. After those four or five videos were made, it was really off to the races. And wow. it's been so fun to see. So what started, I think our first video went up in May of 14. Mm -hmm. uh, and I served on the board of the Bible Project. And then in January of 2019, stepped off the board and into the role as the executive director. Um, huh. And so 157 or 160 videos in our library now and a weekly podcast hmm. that goes out um, and and Bible project videos are being viewed around 400 about 400,000 views a day on That is so on exciting. Yeah, it's just so, so fun to see and and, and they are fun. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and it's cuz John John is uh, both John and Tim, uh, they're just brilliant guys. John has the ability to take very complex things mm -hmm. and, and explain it in a way mm -hmm. that a simple guy like me can understand <laughs> it. And then Tim's brain, the way that he understands scripture huh. and, and just has, does this masterful job of laying it out in a way. You know, Tim met Jesus in a, in a thing called Skate Church here in huh. Portland. Oh, and, wow. uh, and so he's a skateboarder. And yet oh. a PhD. And so it, I think it's that combination <laughs> that gives them the brilliance, but yet that a vernacular that, that everyone can understand. That's and so amazing. when I listen to them talk in their podcast, sometimes they'll say, 
dude, you got to look at this. And I'm thinking, who says dude in a <laughs> podcast talking about Jesus? And so it's, um, it's fun. And it's, yeah. So the organization has grown to where we have about 70 employees now. And wow. um, we are localizing all of the content. And so our desire is to get it into about the top 70 languages that will, will cover about 80% of the globe. Um, wow. Just the last couple of months, more of our views are happening outside of the U.S. than inside the U.S. Oh, how and exciting. It's a, yeah, it's really exciting. It's 100% crowdfunded. And when we say that is we, from the very beginning, have invited people to join the Bible Project. Mm -hmm. And the crowd has responded in a way that has blown mm -hmm. us all away. Um, so in the, in the development world, they would, you know, they talk about fundraising those things and, and hundred percent of our efforts are really just reactive where people have expressed interest in, in being a part of that, um, will respond to those, but we don't proactively go out and knock on people's doors. And, sure. yeah, yeah. and what that has allowed us to do is to run at a pace where, where our audiences are the ones with their foot, their foot on the accelerator. So we're not out there in front of them saying, hey, here's where we want to go. Come fund us. Mm -hmm. We're simply responding to mm -hmm. their desires. And and it just it seems like it's it's answering a need and it's leading to transformation. Yeah. And yeah. we're just super excited. And one other thing just, uh, you, you know, that's part of the story is uh, I want to say now it's maybe been a year and a half, two years ago, started something called classroom.bible where Tim, Tim teaches these seminary level courses because he had a strong desire. He was teaching at Western Seminary, wanted an opportunity to continue to teach. We wanted to have a diverse classroom where uh, racially diverse and, and even within the different faith traditions where we could yeah. bring people around a table and then Tim could teach in the way that he teaches. And uh, we thought it would not have as many views as our much shorter six minute content because this might be a a 10 to 15 hour class, hmm. um, but we bring students in and it's very interactive. We have a lear learning management system. It's still in beta, huh. but over a hundred thousand people have taken one of these courses online. Oh my gosh. How do you find and, those? How do you find them? Well, it's all part of our audience that is okay. coming to us. And again, it's all free. Like all of our content yeah. is, and we give it all away. And, and our desire is just that we can help be a part of kind of shifting that paradigm so that people will look at scripture for what it mm, is yeah and, yeah and that it will be this thing that leads to transformation as people are transformed it will lead to shalom hmm. that's just beautiful i love it that's so exciting mm -hmm. and like i said i i just think they are they're not only fun to watch like, like you said there's a brilliance in the simplicity of ex explaining some of the books of the bible that I, that i've you know struggled with so it, it's um, really a delight. I, I'm so excited and, and wow. so excited that you're uh, leading that. Well, I so, feel it's, it's a privilege. It's, yeah. yeah. And in addition, I would just encourage, there's, there's all the book overviews, but there's also some great theme videos. Hmm. Um, Heaven and Earth is one of my favorite. And, and Ooh, I probably shouldn't say his, yeah, it's, it's a, like a back of the napkin kind of doodle one, but but somebody that, if I mentioned their name, everyone would know, said, I learned more in that eight minute video than any class in seminary. And I'm not saying that as a way to like, oh, hey, we're, we're the best. It's just more like there is something when you distill it down yeah. to the basics yeah. of what does this look like? And, 
and it's just super encouraging to think, yeah, to be able to share it and to give it away. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm going to go watch that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the link. Heaven and Earth, please do. Yeah. So, um, so if people want to find that, they just go to YouTube and put in the Bible Project. Well, yeah, they could do that. We have a YouTube channel. They could also just go to our website because we yep. have a great way to to view it there. So, BibleProject.com. Yeah. Okay. Um, or Great. go to YouTube and type in Bible Project. Okay, so all of those resources you can find, listeners. So, um, Steve, uh, one one more question for you here. Yeah. We are living in some really difficult times, challenging times right now. We're we're recording this on February second of twenty twenty one, and wh what's God teaching you in these particular times that we're living? Mm -hmm. in? What are you learning right now? I think, you know, here's something for me that has been significant. And it started in, in October a year ago. And I was reading and it was in Romans 1, 21, 22, something like that, okay. where it says, although they knew God, they neither glor glorified him nor gave thanks. Hmm. And then it starts this downward spiral hmm. of what happens to humanity. And as I read that and I got to the bottom of that list, I thought, wait a second, how did they get here? And I went back up and it said, for although they knew God, hmm. they neither glorified him nor gave thanks. And I thought, wow, this is what happens if you're not thankful. Wow. And I thought, am I not a thankful person? And so I started um, in just a little moleskin journal, waking hmm. up every morning and just starting with what am I thankful for? Oh, there you and, go. I mean, it's an embarrassing list if I share with you, but <laughs> because sometimes it's like, I'm thankful I had a great night's sleep. I'm yeah. thankful that I woke up. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that I have air in my lungs. I'm thankful for my wife. And I'm mm -hmm. and I realized, Karen, in short order, that this is actually changing me. Yeah. Because if I get up, it doesn't take long to think about some things that might kind of be frustrations. Yeah. And yeah. I have done it every day since a year ago, like October 16th, I think is when I started it. Wow. And that has been, and, and it, because it puts things in perspective. Yes, it does. Because, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a friend of mine. I was talking with a guy I work with at the Bible Project, talked about growing up in Bolivia. Hmm. He said, we had electricity for one hour a day. But as a little kid, I didn't know any different than yeah. having electricity for one hour a day. And it wasn't until I learned that people had electricity in their house 24 hours a day, did I all of a sudden feel like, oh, wait a sec, I'm missing uh, out. Uh, and I think, yeah. you know what, when you stop and pause and thank the God of the universe for everything you have and you call into remember what you have, you realize, oh my goodness, hmm. I have so much. And so I don't want to diminish that we are living in challenging times, Yeah. but, it, but at the same time, I have so much in the midst of that. If Paul was praying, you know, it was singing in prison, then it's probably not the circumstances that really dictate how I'm doing. And so I would say that's one thing. The other one started every morning reading Psalm 23. And oh, that has been something that is rewriting my heart too. It's like, I, don't, mm. I think it was Tim Keller that said, we, re we start by reading scripture and then it reads us. And I feel uh, like that's what's happening is as I yeah. read the 23rd Psalm and I just write down what one line or one, uh, one word sticks out of me. And mm. over and over again, it's like, who wouldn't want to read that? Oh, I love the that. Lord yeah. is my, yeah, Lord yeah. is my shepherd. I want for nothing. Yeah. Okay, that's a way to start the day. And so those, I think, are two things that have been significant in what the, the Lord has been teaching hmm. me, just that the power of having a grateful heart and how that that's changes. That's so beautiful. They're, then, they've been, yeah. 
they've done some studies on that recently that that show that it is um, creates better health in people mm. when they uh, have focus on gratefulness. You're, you're better than I am. I've tried that several times to do a, a gratefulness journal and I've got, had a lot of starts and stops. So way to go. <laughs> That's well, thanks. A... It's been, it's, I mean, selfishly I'm doing it, I think, because I do feel that sense of hmm. how it is changing me. And, yeah, yeah. Um, That's beautiful. Beautiful. So, huh. yeah. I think the other thing I would say too, it's just like it came to mind and I don't want to I don't want to dwell on it, but just this idea that in at these times where things are un, so uncertain and and it's challenging, um, and is is we have really tried to just flip the script and say when the future is uncertain, am I going to feel more certain if I save and hoard what I have? And mm. so we're just trying to live intentionally and say what does it look like to be generous mm. and and to give because I so believe the words of Paul when he said to Timothy, you know, command those that are wealthy in this present day to be generous. And he listed all these reasons why, but the one at the bottom of the list is the one for me. And he says, command them to be generous. Why? So they will take hold of life that is truly life. Oh, and it's yeah. like, that is what's beautiful. And so, so when we can, and we encouraged our team at the Bible Project and early on and hmm. when things shut down in, uh, in March, last March, rather than tightening the belt, hmm. we said, let's flip the script and let's yeah. encourage our staff to be generous and let's match their generosity and Love let's- it live into that and so i think you know uh, nance and i are, are are giving looks different today than it did but we're trying to just be sensitive to how can we give and support and and i think yeah. that's yeah. it does it's it's the way the to defeat that fear because i am enneagram six i can worry about just about anything if you get uh -huh. the opportunity <laughs> and and but it does it's like the only way mm -hmm. to beat the anxiety in this present age i think is to trust in, a, in an abundant God or a generous host and that we're invited to this party and we can give it all away. Wow, that is a great, great thought to end on. So I just can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy and thank you for sharing your story and give my love to Nancy and the girls. And I can't wait uh, to meet your grandkids someday. I haven't gotten to do that yet, but yeah, um, thanks, thanks so much, Steve, bless you. You bet, take all care, right. Karen, thank you. You, you too. Thank you for listening to the Take Root Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share. To learn more about Centered and hear more stories of discovery and growth in Jesus, visit us at centered.org.